Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Ask Sharifa Videocast. Today, I have a very special guest, and I know I always say I have a very special guest, usually because I want to introduce the world to all of my friends, all of my family, all the people that I love. Now, this gentleman, I wouldn't definitely call a friend, but let me tell you the experience that I had that I said I have to meet this gentleman. I was laying in my bed one night and all of a sudden, clear as day, I heard a voice say, do you believe in angels? And I was kind of taken away because I had never even thought to question whether or not I believed in angels. I just kind of knew there were angels. And I felt this presence and I said to myself, I said, is there someone there? If you're there, give me a sign. And then all of a sudden my email notification went off. And I said to myself, I said, that wasn't a sign. That was an email. And I looked at the email and the subject line of the email was, do you believe in angels? And I was blown away. And so that I knew I had to meet this person. So I read the email, his new book, Walking with My Angels, Mr. Keith Leon S. And I said, I have to get him on Ask Sharifa Videocast. Reached out to his representative, and I have Keith Leon S. here today to share his incredible story and his new book. Good afternoon, Keith. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. You Great are to so meet you. You are so welcome. And so everyone who's tuning in, again, this is a conversation. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have questions, if you have comments, please ask them in the comment section. I'll be sure to read them to our new guests. But Keith, I don't know if your representative shared that experience with you or not, but when things like that happen in my life, I know that I'm supposed to walk through that door. I'm supposed to meet you. I'm supposed to find out who you are because the angels, God, the universe, whoever it was, brought you to my attention. So tell us a little bit about you, your story, and walking with your angels. Mm. First of all, I love that story because that's just instant manifestation, right? You ask, boom, it was given. And that's how easy it could be. And you were looking for the signs, right? Because you asked that question, that was your focus. And so you actually saw it when it happened because it was the same question. <laughs> it was right there in front of you. And a lot of times we ask the question and then we go about our business and kind of forget what we asked. And then those signs are popping up everywhere around us, but we're not seeing them because we lost that focus. Uh, so my story, wow, it starts with uh, childhood. And ever since I was a child, I could hear my guardian angel's voice. And I always knew where the angel was because that's where the voice came from. So he'd be behind me. I would hear the voice right here. If he was floating up in the ceiling in the corner, I would hear the voice come from there. And uh, this guardian angel kept me out of harm's way so many times in my childhood and, and literally saved my life on uh, multiple occasions. And so uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't hard to believe in this angel when everything that this angel said was coming true. So, uh, so I, I had that angel till I was eight years old. And then uh, my mother who was manic depressive, barely got out of the bed, uh, met this man and they fell in love. And in like three months, they, they, they dated and they got engaged and got married. And then five days after the wedding, he got killed. Mm. And, and so my mom looked at me when I was eight and said, I want you to be the man of the house. Mm. And, uh, and I took that on. 
like I took that on and just became the man and stopped being a child. And so all my childlike wonder went out the door. And, uh, and then after a while, the voice faded away because my focus wasn't on it. Like you were saying, right? You had that focus, boom, there was your answer. And so as, as my belief faded away, as my focus faded away, the voice faded away. Wow. Now, as an eight-year-old child, you mentioned that you heard the voice wherever he was floating. How did you determine or ascertain that the voice was the voice of an angel? Mm. Well, he told me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <that> question. <laughs> I'm, I'm your guardian angel. I'm here to protect you. And so, uh, you know, you don't have a father, which I didn't. Your mom is in bed. She barely gets out of the bed. You, you've got to have somebody to, to help you. And that's why I'm here. And so he did. So there would be times where, you know, don't go up that alley, right? Uh, I was behind a church and this guy was trying to molest me. He told me exactly what to do to get out of that situation. And, uh, there was a time where I fell over a cliff when I was a child, and um, and that was even after I was not hearing the voice anymore. I was probably about 12, but I, I had proof all the time that he was still there. Like when I fell over the cliff and, and this this kid just grabbed my arm at the last second. It's just like a movie, right? I'm dangling, and he gets my arm at the last second, and there's no way they should have been able to pull me up because it was slippery, which is why I fell in the first place. And as they formed a human chain and were pulling me back up, I could feel underneath me the lifting. So mm-hmm. when they were pulling me up, I was light as a feather. And that's how they did it. <laughs> and so I just kept my mouth shut because I knew they thought I'd, I, would, I was crazy and let them be the heroes. You know, they were so strong. They were able to pull me up. But uh, just miracles happened, miracle after miracle after miracle. And uh, so there's like no way that I could not believe in angels, mm-hmm. you would think. But then uh, through high school and through uh, through my early 20s, there was this this period where I just I just didn't believe in anything. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was drinking and drugging and and just um, went the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so since you read the book, you know what happened in my early yeah, 20s. You about the book <laughs> in your 20s, but I want to go back to your childhood. And I love the example when you say that you didn't have a father, your mother was in the bed, so right. you know, the angel came to take care of you. Do you feel as if you were chosen or that the angels appear to everyone, in, you know, who, who need their assistance? Why would the angel come to you, I guess, is my question. Oh, oh my God. I love that question because uh, so over the years, you know, as I share my stories, it's like people want to think that I'm lucky or that I'm, I'm blessed. And I, and I am blessed because I've, I've been saying I should have died eight times already. I know what my purpose in life is. That was revealed to me. I, I get help and assistance all the time and I'm not special because anybody else can tap into that as well they can access it as well because there's this there's this part of us that is uh energy right so we we pull together our energy to create this body so that we could show up and and do it this way right and then and so everything is energy though right and so there's the energy that created this us energy is what people call god spirit universe is is the everything is the one mind i've heard it called a million things and it doesn't doesn't care what you call it as long as you call it right and so what i like to teach people is if you do this thing that i teach called sit ask and listen and it sounds really simple a lot of people sitting right praying meditating a lot of people asking why 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 all the time i hear the why questions but so few people are willing to 
listen until they receive the answer. Because it doesn't always come in three seconds, right? But it does come only always if you really put your focus, pay attention, and then wait for that answer. So I do it one question at a time. I'll have a question that I really need an answer to. I know I've not been able to access it with my brain, so it has to come from a higher place, right? And then I'll ask that question like I did in my second book, Who Do You Think You Are? Uh, I did the whole project like that. I would just sit down and say, what is my next step? And then I would breathe and wait until I got the answer. One time I waited two days, two yeah. days, and I did not move other than go to the restroom, eat. Only time I moved and I just sat there. What is my next? What do I do next? What's my next step? And waited and breathed and waited and breathed. And then finally, when the answer dropped in, it was like a major, major thing that I downloaded that I'd never knew before, and it changed everything. It changed my world, and it changed the, the scope of that project. And had I just asked the question and then got up and went somewhere else, I would have never got that. And who knows what happened with the project. I like it. Sit, ask, and listen. Listen, you talk a, listen is the key. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I want to thank everyone who's tuning in for your support. Kylo Tony says blessings. Francis Pullen says life has such twists and turns. So excited for your journey after all your childhood pain. Good God, thank you. Trust is key. So that's Francis Pullen. We got a lot of hearts and, and thumbs that are going um, up right now. And again, if you are tuning in, please feel free to add your comments and questions to the comment section. We're speaking with Mr. Keith Leon S. right now about his book, about his life, but also his book, Walking with My Angels. So we yes. just discussed. Um, yes, you have your book? I do. I just, I'm in love with this cover. <laughs> just oh. in love. It's so amazing, this cover. I and I will tell you, it looks better as a paperback because I had the privilege of reading your ebook and it was nice. But I'm like, yeah. something about that print that just makes it just amazing. So I, I love it. Yeah. Now, I love to sit, ask, and listen. And like you said, it seems so, so simple, but those are things that we don't always have the ability to do. We, we usually get the ask part out of everything. We get the ask. We don't want to sit down. We don't want to wait. And we definitely don't want to listen. But we want to ask for all these different things. But we have to sit. We have to listen. And we have to wait for the answers to come to us for what we have asked for. Now, we talked a little bit about your childhood. And then we went into your teens. Um, but I want to go past your teens because, you know, we're all kids. We're all teens. We all do certain things. And I, I believe it allows us to show a contrast. You know, we've been there. We can relate to that. Right. But one of the, I think one of the most interesting things that for me in your book was that there were people who came, like John, who came that you met. And tell us about John. Who was John in your life? Mm. <laughs> so I'm in my early 20s. I'm I'm in my what I call my deep dark drug phase. You know, I'm 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 using, I'm drinking, I'm just doing anything that I can to avoid all the feelings that I'm having and all the drama that I grew up with and I just didn't want to feel that. So I'm numbing out. And so I get a job uh, bartending at this blue collar bar. And first day at the job, there's this really dark mysterious man and like he's hardly saying a word to anybody but then when he says a word everybody's leaning in and they're listening so I'm already intrigued right and then and then I ask him like you know what does he want to drink and he looks at the guy next to him and goes he'll learn and I'm like what does he mean he'll learn so then he tells me what his drink is and so I go and I get his drinks and put it in front of him 
go about my business. And then when I see that his drinks are empty, I, I know what he drinks. So I get it and then I put it, put him in front of him. And then he looks at the guy next to him and goes, he learned. And I was like, what? I don't understand what he means by that. And so, so I'm even more intrigued. So I kind of start talking to this guy. And, and after a while, I get to know him well enough to say, hey, do you want to come hang out after work? He says, yes. So we're hanging out after work. And, and he's asking me all these questions about my belief system which I told you earlier at this point is like about nothing right? because <laughs> I've just been numbing out for so long. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not getting any guidance. So, so at one point he, uh, he says, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, yeah. So I had a ring that I was wearing that my stepfather, I told you had died five days after the wedding. It was his wedding ring. And mm-hmm. so I had, I was the only person that ever had it on my, on my person since he passed just mm-hmm. my energy and his energy so he takes that ring puts it in his hand and he does what's called a life review and so he starts telling me about my childhood from the time i'm born and my parents divorced when i'm two and my mom's in the bed and blah 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 and he's telling me like things he could not know and there was no google back then <laughs> right in 80 84 five, there's no no google so no way he can know this stuff and then at one point he goes oh oh and he hands me the ring back and he's like, I could have went my whole life without seeing that. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew that he had seen my stepfather get ran over by the car. So, uh, so I'm like, well, well, maybe some people don't have it, but that guy has it. And so mm-hmm. I'm starting to trust him and get, and so he starts predicting world events and tell me what's going to happen my next day in life. And the whole day comes true exactly the way he said. So he keeps proving over and over again that what he says happens but only one 100 of the time and then at one point he says again do you trust me mm-hmm. and i said yes i do implicitly i, I trust you so what <laughs> and he says well i guess i should tell you then i said tell me what <laughs> and he says well i want you to know that uh you know how people call people that do good deeds earthbound angels mm-hmm. i said yeah 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 and he said that's not really what an earthbound angel is what an earthbound angel really is is there are angels who are, they're etheric angels, but they are in the flesh mm-hmm. for the sake of a purpose. And that purpose is we, because I am one, are assigned to certain people to save them from dying before their predetermined expiration date. That's what he said. Die before their predetermined expiration date. So I'm, I'm like, predetermined <laughs> expiration date? What do you mean assigned? Right? My head's going off <laughs> in a million different ways. And he says, I am here to take you from believing in nothing, because mm-hmm. that's what you believe in now, to believing in everything. Mm-hmm. And the way that I'll have to do that is I'm going to have to work with you. I'm going to have to show you miracle after miracle. I'm going to have to show you whatever I have to do to get mm-hmm. you to believe that, because you are here for a purpose, and that purpose is big. And if you died before you're supposed to, it has a not-so-great effect on the planet. Those are the words yeah. he said. A not-so-great effect on the planet. No pressure, though, right? right. <laughs> Did you feel pressured? What did you feel? What was your response? I'm, like, I'm just like, what are you talking about? No. What have you, what, what you been smoking, right? right. I'm like, what, the, what is this guy talking about? Because remember, I didn't believe in next to nothing except for him. So, uh, so then he, so he said, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And he, and he said, well, here's what I need you to know is that I'll work with you. And then uh, at one point, I will reveal your purpose mm-hmm. to you. So you'll know why you're here. And then at some point during the process, I will save your life. And Mm -hmm. once I do that, because remember, like save them from dying before they're predetermined. I will save your life. And then when I do that, you have to let me go. 
hmm. So I kind of let that go by, you know, I half heard it maybe, right? And so, and so we did everything that he said and more. And so the cool thing is the, the book, a good portion of the book, my favorite part is all the things that he had to do to prove it to me. I took all mm-hmm. the, the, some of the coolest ones. There was way more than I could ever write because it would be like war and peace, <laughs> everything, everything, right? Because it was a year and a half, right? Of, of, mm-hmm. And I was pretty dense. Like I'd see a miracle on Monday and by Tuesday I'd be like, no. I'd have myself talk that, <laughs> right? So, so I used to joke around and call him Job because Lord knows he had the patience of Job with me because I would have gave up on me a long time ago. But uh, so he just showed me miracle, miracle after miracle, and then eventually did, did show me my life purpose and did save my life, and then he had to go. Yes, you discussed when when he had to go in the book. So I don't want to kind of ruin that aspect of it. But I want to go back to the miracles and the things that he showed you when he first began doing the miracles or performing the miracles. At what point did you say, okay, this is real. This is not, you know, a joke. Or was that immediate for you? No, it was not. I wish it was immediately for his sake. (laughs) Uh, At what point? I think the... uh... The Calzone story. Okay. <laughs> you know? I, I, think I, think that's, I think that's finally when it hit home. So for those of you who haven't read the book yet, mm-hmm. we're just, we're hanging out and I went to this uh, Italian restaurant and we, we got these calz, calzone, calzone, however you want to call it. And, and so it, it needed, got cold, you know, getting it home. So I put it in the oven, turned on the oven and went visiting, you know, went back to visiting. And, um, uh, Time went by, and it could have been an hour because we just, man, time flies when we got into a conversation or he was teaching me. And so all this time went by, and I'm like, the gal's own. Oh, no. <laughs> so I ran out to the kitchen, and it's been like an hour, right, at, at 4.50. So mm-hmm. this thing should be like burnt to a crisp. Mm-hmm. It should have been a fire. I should have been hearing the alarm. And so I, so I pull it out, and I look at it, and it's perfect perfectly heated, perfectly cooked. And I looked at it and my brain was going, it's been an hour. It was at 450. There's no way that this didn't burn, you know? And and as soon as I said, no way in my head, it caught on fire, burnt to a black crisp in front of my eyes within five seconds. <laughs> Into fire and then went to black charcoal in front of my eyes and so I'm shaking I'm sitting there shaking my head going like what did I just see because it was straight out of a movie CG you know <laughs> and, uh, but it just happened and out of the other room he's like really <laughs> right? he's like you could have had that perfectly cooked you could have ate it you could have enjoyed it but no you had to doubt it and the second that you did that look what happened mm-hmm. how's that how's that working for you <laughs> basically wow. and I was just like oh man and so so that was that was a turning point mm-hmm. because because it was perfect mm-hmm. and it and then how it went from perfect to like black charcoal in like five seconds in front of my eyes you know was just it was like from another another place you know and it was just it was a great teaching point because i'm visual (laughs) it was extremely visual and then uh and then him coming from the other room and and saying that it just it just had an effect because you know like i said i didn't really have a father so it was like one of those you know dad teaching moments (laughs) from around the corner and just really hit home and i think that's when things started to shift 
and mm -hmm. I started to have uh, kind of more fun with the things that he was doing to prove it to me. Oh, wow. It reminds me of one of my all-time favorite movies, Bruce Almighty. Ah. He first meets God, and, and, and he keeps doubting everything, and he's doing all these, that's a trick, that's a trick, you know, <laughs> before he finally believes. You know, and I believe that as mere, mere humans, you know, it takes a lot for us to believe. You got to do this and that and miracle after miracle before we finally say, okay, I get it. So that was a turning point for you as far as your belief. However, yeah. you didn't change your life at that point. No, I did not. No, because drugs are strong, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they get a hold on you. They get a grip on you and become more important than everything. So there was a battle back and forth with that, you know, the drug being the most important thing, but then my education with him being the most important thing, but work being the most important thing, but drug being, the, but did I mention the drug being the most important thing, <laughs> right? And it just, it was this constant struggle and battle going on with within me and then and then again you know is this really happening am i making this up is it the drugs is this drug induced am i making it all up is this really happening well other people are seeing them right my, my girlfriend mm -hmm. she's she's seeing the stuff he's doing it in front of her he's not hiding it's not like it's just for me she's seeing the stuff too so i got witnesses you know two two of us and <laughs> we're in agreement this is happening so it was it was this constant battle and so um and ultimately he said he would save my life. And so uh, there's no way that he could save me because what he saved me was from ODing or dying from, from drug use. Ultimately, that's what he saved me from. So uh, had I shifted and turned at any point, I never would have hit that bottom, that mm -hmm. bottom, bottom. And that's a, that's a pivotal point in the book when he, he uh, kind of disappeared for a couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. so now I don't have my angel. And now I don't have that positive influence and I don't have you know all the good all the good that was around me I don't have that with me and so I, I'm just really really hit it hard and and uh, I hit, for a couple of weeks I didn't see him and I and I had slept uh, eight eight and a half hours in 13 no eight hours in 13 and a half days I think it was wow. um, is that's all the sleep I had had and then he uh, I heard his truck drive up and I'm like, yay, my angel, right? And then he comes and I open the door and I'm like, oh, where have you been? Where have you been? And he just kind of grabs me by the back of the neck and takes me in the bathroom away from people and closed the door and, and said, look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And I looked and I had black circles under my eyes and I looked like I had a foot in the grave, you know, and death warmed over. And, uh, and he said, uh, you have two weeks to live, mm. live or die. It's your choice. But either way, I'm not going to sit here and watch it and took off and left me standing in front of the mirror. Mm -hmm. and, and so he said, you're at choice point here. And so since he had predicted, Oh, I don't know everything <laughs> at 100% accuracy. I knew I had two weeks to live. I mm. knew it. And, and he had told me that anything, any, any, uh, psychic anything angel anything anybody ever told you this is happening can change mm -hmm. the only way that it'll happen what they said the way they said it is if you do nothing if you make mm -hmm. no change so so i knew that because of all that he had taught me over that year and a half yes i have two weeks to live if i don't make any changes mm -hmm. if i keep if i keep using them a dead man so so i need to make a choice do i want to live do i want to die do i want to live do i want to die and i wasn't clear at mm -hmm. that moment which was which 
and so uh, so the book goes uh, even further to how I got to the point where I ultimately decided uh, I want to live. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Again, if you are just now tuning in, I'm having a very interesting, entertaining conversation with Mr. Keith Leon S. about his life, about his walk with the angels, and his book walking with my angels. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to add them in the comments section. And I can tell you, Keith, that I really enjoyed your book because I'm a believer. You know, I, I believe in miracles. I believe that miracles happen every day. I believe that angels are here to help us and to guide us, earth angels, angels in, in general. And so yeah. it was very, I, it, like I said, because of the initial introduction, I was like, I have to read this book and I have to speak with you. I have to, to have this conversation because I'm, I'm curious, I don't know if you're allowed to reveal this, but what did you find out about your purpose here? Mm, yeah. No, too much? It's in the book? No. no, I mean, it's all in the book, but, you know, you'll, you'll, even if I tell you now, you'll read it a different way. You'll receive it a different way in the book. Uh, so ultimately, he, toward the end of our connection, facilitated an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. with with me so I floated uh, I went to bed I put had something that he always had on his person and put it on me when I went to bed so that created the the physical energy connection and then at one uh, one point I like faded off to sleep and then I popped out of my body and I'm hovering over my body and I'm like I'm more awake right now than I am ever and this is not a dream I dream all the time vividly and I know the difference between a dream and this and this is not a dream this is cool and then he comes through the ceiling and then he's like hey so what do you think and I'm like this is so cool he's like so you you want to take a journey and I go this isn't it <laughs> he's like no this is not it and so uh, but you again do you trust me yeah he kept asking me that do you trust me I'm like yes I do and he's like well then let's go so we, he so we he grabs my hand and we kind of floated through the ceiling and out over the city and then we flew over the city and we went out to over the, the woods, which was not, not too far from there, the mountains. And, uh, and then there was this big fire. And so we floated down around this big fire and, and I grabbed my seat and around the fire were beings of light, avatars, Jesus. I mean, everybody was there, you know, ancestors of mine, every, this old, beautiful old Indian, uh, American Indian man. Uh, it's just with deep, deep wisdom, knowledge marks right on his face. And, and so um, they all took turns and told me why, why I was here on earth, what I was here to do. And um, so I received all of that information for quite a while. And then at one point it was like, he's, he said, it's time to go. And so we rose above and came back over the city, came back, saw the house it went through the ceiling that was cool and then and then uh, and then he's like all right so we'll meet up tomorrow and you can tell me about this experience when we're mm -hmm. back in our bodies and i go cool and so he left and then i'm floating over my body and i remember reading this part to somebody out of the book um about six months ago and and i just started crying because it, it's it's the way i wrote it is it brought back like the exact memory of when I was floating over my body and I'm watching myself breathe. And I, for the first time, really saw me, mm -hmm. right? Really saw me for the, for the beautiful 
being that I am. And, uh, and there was just this connection like I had never had before. And then, and then I go, well, I guess I'm ready to drop back in. And so I kind of turned around and boop, dropped in my body. And the second I did, I sat up and was like, that was not a dream. <laughs> oh my God. And so, uh, so when I went to tell him the next day, what had happened, like he didn't know, um, <laughs> he was there, but he wanted me to put words on it. I asked him, I can only remember what the first one told me. I remember they all told me stuff, but what? I only remember what the first one told me. Why? Why is that? And he said, if you, if you could remember everything they told you, you it's, it would be too much. Like we'd be fitting you for a straight jacket. They'd be like getting you some medication and putting you in a padded room, right? He's just like, it would be too much. But what will happen is that first one gave you your first step. Mm-hmm. when it's time for your next step and you've achieved what that one told you, then you'll remember what that one told you. And you'll either have a memory or a dream, but it will tell you your next step. And so that's what's been happening ever since for 30 years now is I just keep getting my next step and then I just do what I'm told. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so ultimately, uh, everything that I've done, like from writing my own books from the very beginning uh, was the connections that I made through writing the books. And then when I started helping people write their books, thousands of people I've helped to write their books. We published over a hundred people. Um, I have my mentors, you know, Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, all these people from the movie, the secret, they're all my friends. And, 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 and that was all so that, and this is what they told me that when I was going to write a book called walking with my angels, and it was going to be my story. Mm-hmm. And I was going to talk about, how many times that I should have died and miracles happened to save me here, to keep me here. It would, and ultimately my purpose in life is to teach people how to access the answers that are already there, how to tap into their intuition, inner guidance. I love to use half of the words that I talk about all the time, right? I call it angels because I've had angel experiences, but you can call it intuition, divine guidance, spirit, God, universe, all at Jehovah. Like it doesn't care what you call it as long as you call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the thing. Sit, ask, listen, because you can always get the answers. You can ask loved ones who have passed. You can ask ancestors, right? People that came before them. And they all have information for you. But you just got to ask because we also have free will. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're not like your guardian angel has two jobs, love you unconditionally, get you to your predetermined expiration date. That's their only jobs. Mm-hmm. Anything other than that, you have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And once they have permission, then they can show up for you over and over again, the way that, the way that it showed up for you. Boom, instant manifestation, right? Yeah. Said it, there it is. Boom, we're supposed to meet. This is divinely, yeah. this is divinely inspired, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. I had, to, I had to meet you. I definitely had to, to meet you. And I just want to ask you this question. When you say we are to ask our angels, is there anything too small? Is there anything too large? Like, what are some of the things that we, you recommend we ask the angels? Mm. Whew. Uh, things that will help you with clarity. Things that, okay. will help, things that will help you to grow your business. Things that will help you have better connection and relationship with the people around you. You know, um, how can I love more? How can I be more, more loving? How can I, um, how can I live to prove that the things Jesus said were true? How can I be a walking, talking demonstration of the law of attraction? How can, you know, so, so not what questions, but how questions, 
-hmm. how can I, how can I be more this? How can I be more that? Um, those are great questions. Mm -hmm. Some things like, why did my grandmother die? I don't feel like it was her time. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, if you believe in predestiny, which I do because that's what was given to me. One of the teachings that was given to me so many years ago was that we all know exactly how long we're going to be here. And so, so uh, and when they went was their time, no matter what it looks like to us. Mm -hmm. So, so what, so why did she die so early? Isn't a question that will benefit us mm -hmm. uh, because we'll, we'll continue to not heal. We'll continue to hurt. We'll continue to not be able to process that. Um, what, what, what could, what did her life teach me? How can, how can I continue to be the love that she was? Um, uh, I would love to, I'd love to, now that she's crossed to the other side, I would love if she would whisper in my ear and give me information. Like there's, there's so many, so many ways. So the, so the questions that are great to ask are usually how questions as opposed to why questions and uh, ones that ultimately uh, help us to remember Mm -hmm. why we're here because ultimately like we forgot why we're here we did that on purpose right yeah. <laughs> so that we could spend this life remembering why we came and why we came is because when we were when we were all light all energy all the time you know heart music you know just like we got bored we got yeah. bored out of our mind we're like it's all good all the time for eternity there's like no time and space it's just all good i am bored out of my mind so mm -hmm. i would love to drop into that body and here's what i want to experience mm -hmm. i want to experience love i want to experience uh hate anger war uh maybe poverty uh you know uh, good stuff and bad stuff like I want to experience all of it anything but just all good all the time because I'm bored right I think that I believe that's why we came and so so that's because I believe that now when I have an experience that doesn't feel good initially oh like gives me that punch in the stomach feeling mm -hmm. then what I've learned is that everything that appears as bad what we label as bad when I looked at it a year later I could always see the blessing in it Oh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that happened because here's what I learned. Here's the teaching that I learned. And so when something bad happens now, I just call it good. I say, I don't know how you're good for me, and I don't know why you're good for me, but I know that I'm going to look back on it, and it's going to be good. So I might as well just right now say, why are you good for me? This feels like crap, but why are you good for me? Reveal that to me. And then the angels can get to work and show you all, all the miracles a lot sooner. Than, than it would have. I love that. I love that. Now, John did a lot of miracles or performed a lot of miracles, showed you a lot of miracles. So did you get to a point where you were able to perform miracles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to have some fun too. After a while when he got to, got me believing, right? Mm -hmm. it, sort of believing uh then he would just like do things like uh like one day i had i had a day of telekinetic powers like oh, wow. how is that yeah, cool a day like that like move furniture with my mind like move things with my mind and and uh and so so i had a day of that and then the really funny story is about about six six years ago seven years ago we were with some friends out at a restaurant and i was telling people that story and i was like oh i had tele telekinetic powers for a day and then i like grabbed a pen and i was like for instance and i put a pen down and i was like i could like move a pen and and then i and then 
the pen moved and then and I picked it up and, and put it back and then went on with my story. And later my wife's like, so did you notice anything? I said, what? She said, like, like when you said I got a day with telekinetic powers and then like, for instance, and then you did the thing with the pen. Did you notice that it moved six inches when you said that? I was like, I did not notice that. She goes, I thought you were like, so in it. So, so it's interesting because, uh, I say I had a day of telekinetic powers, and if I sit around in my mind and think like "move a can, move a can," like that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It was it was me it was me talking about it and and not blocking it and being mm-hmm. in the story and not even thinking about like can I do this? Can I not do this? That whew, I was able to do it like in that moment in front of everybody. And I've done a lot of weird things like that, like that that my wife at first was just like, this guy's got a very active imagination, right? He really does. But then she would see things that were just like, what? Like uh, at a restaurant at one of those big booths that like seats 12 people, like her jacket was way, way, way at the other end. And 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 she's like, I need my jacket. And I go, oh, and I reach, reach out like eight feet. Right? grab that thing pull it and hand it to her just again i was kind of in conversation didn't think about it I just show my arm literally went grabbed it and handed it to her she's like what <laughs> that was one of those things that finally she was like okay 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 i'm gonna start like now re-listen to the stories and uh, yeah. from a different different place right and yeah. as, soon as, she, as soon as she did she started to say like wow and then she started talking with her angels mm-hmm. right? and then now she she has conversations all the time like michael is her guy michael's just always showing up for her uh, archangel michael and um and she's pulling in stuff and giving me giving me uh, uh messages now <laughs> it's really cool it's <laughs> wonderful because you found the ideal mate for you and it goes yeah. back to what you were discussing about what we're here on this earth to learn instead of being bored with all good because yeah. you know i mean i have a television entertainment background and one of the things that i've learned is that every story no matter what is a love story you know mm-hmm. you, you get all these movies you know, Terminator, whatever it is, Star Wars, and it's so macho masculine, but it's still a love story, you know, and I read your book, and it was a love story in two ways. You learn to love yourself, and in learning to love yourself, you were able to truly love someone else. So I love the ending, but it shows the journey with your girlfriend, and how you wanted to know what role she would ultimately play in your life to where you settle on a piece of land and, and decide to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and it was, was it was hard to stop the book there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I could have kept going and on if I that book would be this thick. It was actually three books that okay. I wrote in in eight days. Three oh, books wow. in so eight it days. Poured out. It just poured yeah. Out. Oh yeah, I was it was it was like I was channeling that because I I waited so long and then and then we we only had so much time because I was so busy being of service to others and helping them with their books. So my wife like, you know, scratched out these days and said, "Here's what you have. It's like six weeks from now, but you have you have eight days." And so, uh, so while I was doing that, I would, I would write, and I mean, I was like, it was 
right? I'm like, I'm possessed. <laughs> this is cool. I don't know how to type this fast, but it's all good. And I'm just watching what's writing and I'm just remembering like everything that happened. And, and up until then, I had remembered some of the stories and metaphors and pieces and bits and pieces. But when I sat down to write, it was, I remembered like, then he said, then I said, then he said, then I said, then she said, then he said, then I said, then and word for word. So I'm typing everything down. And then when I would get like, oh man, my arm is cramping. I put on the headset and I used Dragon Naturally Speaking and I talked and talked and talked. And then when I couldn't sit in the chair anymore, I got up and drove down to the river, which is about six minutes away, sat by the river, spoken, whispered into my phone because my throat was hurting, whispered into my phone. And then I would send the little notes back to my, via email to my computer. Then when I got home, I would cut and paste into the document all the little notes that I sent and start the process again. And I did that like around the clock uh, for, for eight, nine, eight, nine days. And, um, and yeah, it was amazing that I had three books, but my, uh, but then I gave it to my team and I said, because you said about movies and I'm from, I'm from a production background. I said, pre pre just pretend this is a feature film. Right. Mm -hmm. And so anything that isn't like directly related, slows it down. Like I want this to feel like a blockbuster movie when you're reading it. So anything that does just doesn't, fit doesn't move it along or whatever take it out mm -hmm. and uh and so they started editing and where i had end of book one my mm -hmm. editor called me and she said she was having a, a guttural reaction <laughs> she mm -hmm. said she said if i would if i would leave her at that place at the end of book one, if I would leave her in that place, she would be so mad at me. She said, <laughs> she'd be so mad, like, no, don't make me wait for the rest. Right. And so, uh, so I took that feedback and, uh, and I said, we'll keep editing. And then by the time they did, um, they edited it, I, I did the math and figured out that it would be a 200, 314, 320 page book. Uh, if it was one book at six by nine. And so I just said, well, we'll do that instead of, uh, instead of three little books and mm -hmm. having people have to wait. <laughs> so would you have been mad yeah. if you had to wait? I was tuned into the whole thing and, and it had oh, a twist. Good. You know, the, I could see the production background because it had twists. And that's the, the hallmark of a good movie or a good book, book is that yeah. plot twist where you're absolutely sure this is going to happen. But no, yet this happens. Now, Keith, you have, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation. We are coming down to the last few minutes of the show. And what I like to do at the end of every show is just allow my guests the opportunity to speak to the people who are watching you live, as well as the people watching in the archives, and let them know what you want them to take away from your interview. Mm. All right. Well, the first thing I would love to, to, to know is that if you go to Walking With My Angels book, Dot com walking with my angels book.com if you get your book there instead of going straight to Amazon I asked a lot of my uh, a lot of my partners and friends and I myself uh, have created really great bonuses so you get sixteen hundred and twenty dollars worth of support bonuses uh, just for doing what you have already done and bought the book so walking with my angels book.com I want you to know that uh, but but if you've ever seen me speak anywhere for the last 16 years that I've been standing on stages, uh, I'm always going to tell you the same thing at the end, and that is that you make a difference in this world. You make a difference. And people assume that we know that we're making a difference to them, and so they forget to tell us. Mm 
And so, uh, so we're making a difference everywhere we go. Like you, you could smile at somebody and just say hello and saved a life that day. And they just went about their way, their way, but you didn't, you didn't know that they thought that nobody saw them and they were going to leave right then and go and kill themselves. But you said you saw them. And so they had a shift and they made a different choice. So every hello, every hug, every smile, every connection that we have, that we're pouring our love out to people, um, you're making a difference like all day long. So for people who have forgot to tell you that you make a difference for them, I want to tell you, you make a difference. So thank you for being the gift of you. Truly this, this world would not be the same without you and your energy. You're here at this time for, for a reason. And so thank you for being the gift of you. You make a difference. That was so beautiful. Thank you for that, because I know you sent that out into the world, to the people watching, to the archives, but I received that into my spirit. And it made it just touched me and make me feel just so much better. Thank you, Keith, for being a guest on today's episode of Ashery Video Videocast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, you are so welcome. And thank you for everyone who tuned in. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your support. Please share this interview because friends don't let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa. If you're interested in being a guest, watching more of my interviews, or for sponsorship opportunities, please visit the website at AskSharifa.com. Until next time, everyone have a blessed day. Bye now. Angel blessings.